Hello and welcome to Wine, Spirits, and, and witches. witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna. And we're your high priestess for this evening. And today we are coming at you on Zoom, which you can tell because our, our timing was off again. Yes, well, that happens. It happens from time to time, but we're here. It's almost Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. All that mushy, gushy shit. Yep. sure we're gonna talk about mushy gushy gods okay that aren't actually that mushy gushy like i mean for love gods are they're pretty pretty savage yeah i mean i think so but before we get to that what are you drinking today i'm drinking coke both of us are going to be very um unexciting (laughs) because it's the middle of the day so like i mean i have a bottle of baileys in my fridge you do. I, I thought about it. I was like, I, I could have Bailey's right now, but as much as I don't want to do anything with the rest of my day, I feel like drinking at 1230 in the afternoon may not be the right way to start it. Yeah, you probably won't get anything done and neither would I, that's for sure. But that's the thing. I don't want to get anything done. I want to stay in bed yeah. and like watch Netflix. But <sighs> you know, you're not supposed to drink alone, but I'm like, I have a baby next to me, so that's not drinking alone, but yeah and drink alone with the baby so hence i'm not drinking i'm waiting for ricky to come home from work oh, there you the go these will be there but until then i am drinking coconut water oh okay good and i thought i would bring a little bit of um magic to that ah uh-huh. because i started thinking like what are what is the magical significance of coconut so coconut water is super hydrating and really good for yes. you which is why i'm drinking it right now is it sweet um, I mean, I think it's sweet, okay. but I also like coffee that's like super bitter and black and unsweetened. So would you think this is sweet? Probably not. Ah, okay. So, but coconut. So we do know that coconut is, it's an island fruit, right? Right. Um, and so because of that, it's something that you can use if you're trying to work with ocean magic or bring elements of the sea and the ocean into your magic. If you're more landlocked, you could definitely use coconut water in an element like that. So if you, something required seawater, you might be able to use coconut instead or just kind of have it represent that. Um, coconuts are s- sacred and like assigned to St. Anthony as well as Papalegba or Elegua, depending on what practice you're using. They call them some different things. Yes, Coconuts are also really calming. Wow. So you can use them as like this anti-stress thing. Think about it. When you think about like being at the beach or someplace tropical, you kind of think about coconuts. That's like a thing that's there. You think of even like sunscreen or like tanning oil. It tends to have a coconut scent to it. Yes. And a lot of times when people have like those warm and more tropical candles, there's a coconut scent to those as well. And so it is something that we by default see as relaxing because what it is, is we see the ocean as relaxing. Did I ever tell you my story about me wanting a, a coconut when I was a little girl? Did I ever tell you that story? Uh-uh. Well, my mom wouldn't we'd go shopping at the supermarket. I would want a coconut, but not to eat. I would want it to play with. And years later, of course, I find out it's a legua, you know, but I would have this little coconut friend that I would just keep and play with and talk to because it has a little face. You know, it does have a little face on it. It's funny that you say that because I had a dream like that a couple years ago. Really? I had a dream that I, I wanted like a dozen eggs from like a farmer's market, but I had to like go through like an interview process to get them. 
And so wow. I was sitting down and I was like, I just want a dozen eggs. They're like, well, what about this coconut? I'm like, I do not want a coconut. I want <laughs> eggs. And they were like trying to sell me on this fucking coconut. They're like, it's so healthy and it's good for you. And it's just that I'm like, fine. Like if I take your stupid coconut, can I have my eggs? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. So they handed me both and I looked and the coconut had a little face on it. Yeah, it does have a little face. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but it has two eyes and a little nose or a mouth, whatever you want to consider it. And that was my buddy for a long time. And, every, you know, every now and then we'd go to the supermarket and I want that coconut and I, it would never be eaten. Never. When you still have coconuts in your house all the time. You I do. Mm-hmm. I do. You notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I you do. You have coconuts near where you like burn your candles. I see that. And so I was always like, oh, I think this is like a papa legba. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what it is in reality, but yeah. St. Anthony. Yeah. Well, St. Anthony is like a correlation to. Yes, it is. Him. And I think the same thing with St. Peter. I could be wrong. Saint oh, Peter I don't know that about goes that. with somebody too, but St. Anthony and Papa Legua or like, well, yeah, they go hand in hand. So that's the thing. Yes, they do. Um, but then I did a quick search online and I ended up on someone's Tumblr. And I have to say like Tumblr is very silly in so many ways, but other ways it's very useful. And I get some really interesting witchcraft information from there. Sometimes a lot of it, like, you know, you can't really, you don't really know what sources. Um, according to this, so it's actually from Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. So we know it's awesome, but um, it said here, this was interesting. A coconut can be halved, drained of its juices and filled with the appropriate protective herbs, sealed shut, and then buried on your property. Nice. Like and that. I, absolutely love that because all of you guys know that I'm all into things being eco-friendly and everyone asks me like well what about glass because it doesn't biodegrade blah 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 if you bury it so it's like this could be a really cool and um more more natural alternative to a witch's bottle yeah yeah but don't forget glass does come from something natural to begin with oh I would much rather bury glass than bury plastic oh yeah for sure but this is like awesome because it's all natural and you're gonna put herbs in it, which are also all natural. So this, this may be like my new thing. Mm, I like it. I do like it. I'm into it. You know what else I'm into? Love gods. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about them. Let's talk about it. Who's going first? Whoever you want to go first. I'm going to go first because I feel like when I go last, I feel like you get bored. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) I talk a lot. Um, So we wanted to just kind of talk to you guys today about love gods and more specifically, we're going with the mother son duo today. We're going to be talking about Aphrodite and Cupid. And we're going to give you a little bit of lore. So it's going to be a little bit of storytelling. We were really hoping to do this the other night while we were sipping on some spirits, but the baby decided that that wasn't going to happen. So this isn't right. drunk mythology, unfortunately. So there is going to be a level of unfunniness to it, I suppose. <laughs> you never know. You, you never, never know. know. It's it's us. So like, who fucking knows? Right. <laughs> so I am going to talk to you guys today about Venus. And typically I call her Venus. I work with her um, from the Roman pantheon instead of the Greek. But for the sake of today's story, I'm going to refer to her as Aphrodite and everyone else that we're talking about. I'm going to use their Greek names because I'm going to be talking about Aphrodite's husband, uh, Hephaestus. But if we're going with the Greek pantheon, where I mean, if we're going with Roman, his name is Vulcan. Uh Then we also have Mars, who's Roman and his Greek counterpart is Aries. 
Uh-huh. We're going to be talking about this love triangle. I might make it a love square if we throw in Adonis. Okay. But basically, Aphrodite gets around. She is the goddess of love and she be loving most people. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot, but but I'm just going to say most because not all. Uh-huh. More specifically, she did not love her husband. Wow. And it's really sad when you think about it because like her two like really great loves, she ended up not being able to be with. So uh. from the gods, who Aphrodite is actually in love with is Ares, the uh. god of war. And what inspired me to share this story in particular um, is actually from when we did our astrology episode with Jarrell and he was talking about how Mars and Venus are doing this dance all year. Yeah. And it's, it inspired me because the gods, Mars and Venus or Aphrodite and Aries really did this dance as well. They were very much so in love and very famously had an affair. Um, and it's because Venus or Aphrodite was cheating on her husband Hephaestus with Aries. So the question is, if she was in love with Aries from the beginning, why didn't she marry him? Right. Right. So here's right. the thing is, um, and it depends on what story you hear. I'm going to kind of blend them together because this is what I like and what kind of resonates with me for this. Um, she's absolutely beautiful. She is like the most beautiful thing in the universe, right? Because she is the goddess of love, sex, beauty, and fertility. So if you're the goddess of beauty, you're really beautiful, which meant that she was driving all of the gods in Olympus fucking crazy. And they all wanted a piece of that. So they started like bickering amongst themselves over who was going to get with, with Aphrodite to the point where Zeus is like, yeah, dude, this is going to be problematic. And I need to marry this bitch off before she causes a war amongst all of my brothers. So it was really problematic. So part one story will tell you like Zeus just married her off real quick. Cause he was like, this needs to fucking happen. But what it really came down to is Hephaestus won, um, won Aphrodite's hand in marriage through a contest and part of it was motivated because Zeus needed some really good motivation here to make everyone participate in the contest but he also was like two birds one's down because I need to get her married off so that she's unavailable and people start fighting over her and so what happened we're gonna backtrack a little bit and give some background to Hephaestus who is actually son of Hera and Zeus And Hera gave birth to this little boy. You know, we all look at our newborns and like most newborns are weird looking, but we think they're beautiful, right? Yeah. Hera did it. Hera looked at Hephaestus and was like, that is one ugly son of a bitch. Holy shit. That's an ugly baby. (laughs) And so instead of like, just trying to live with it and be like, oh, it's a face only a mother can love. She's like, oh, fuck no. And she threw him off a fucking cliff. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a little intense, right? Yes. So she threw him off a fucking cliff. She's like, fuck that ugly baby. And she went about her life. Well, he didn't die like she thought he did. And he ended up with foster parents. He grew up like in this underwater grotto in the sea. Um, And he ended up being raised and learning blacksmithing. And through a chain of events, he ended up becoming this really badass blacksmith that became blacksmith for the gods. And um, his like foster parents or his parents, really those who raised him, who for the life of me, I cannot think of who they are at the current moment. um, They ended up attending a dinner in Olympus and wore this really beautiful piece of jewelry that Harrison was like, oh my God, like, where'd you get that? And like, oh, my son made it for me. And they're like, oh, damn, I want something. So it depends on where you hear. Like, so one is like where Hera was like, oh, my God, I want something from him. This is so pretty. And Hephaestus found out and was like, uh, yeah, no, I ain't making you shit. 
right but in other stories it's that she did find out that he was still alive and she was really upset about it and demanded him to come back to olympus and he was like hey go fuck yourself but either way what ended up happening was from this he ended up making uh thrones and jewelry and weapons and all of these different things for for the gods of mount olympus and so what he sent hera was a throne right this really beautiful throne she's like i'm gonna go sit my royal ass right here and she sits down and these chains came out of it and trapped her ass wow and she couldn't move she couldn't eat she couldn't sleep she was stuck and the more she wiggled and fucked with it it was like a chinese finger trap it got tighter and tighter all of the gods were trying to get it off of her and they couldn't and then Hephaestus was like jokes on you you're a shitty mom and you're a bitch you threw me off a cliff because I'm fugly and so finally Zeus was like shit okay well he's clearly the only one that that can come and help so we we need him to come let her go and he's like I'm not coming I'm not helping go fuck yourselves leave me alone let me sit in my cave fuck off so Zeus was like okay someone needs to convince him to come up here and and release Hera and whoever does is going to win this contest and you get to marry Aphrodite as the winner Aphrodite went along with it so her man is Ares the god of war of course he's just gonna fucking storm this cave grab this ugly motherfucker bring him back it's the end of it she gets to marry her man right but it didn't work all of like it, it didn't work Hephaestus beat out Ares and he wasn't able to get Hephaestus to come oh and so Venus is shattered or Aphrodite shattered. She's like, oh my God, like he lost now what? And she's panicking. So who ended up like, I think that Dionysus doesn't get enough credit here. Cause technically I think he's the one that really won this contest. Huh. He basically went to Hephaestus and was like, listen, dude, this is really fucked up. Here's a bottle of wine. Let's sit down and talk about this. And he convinced him to come up to mount olympus with him and was like listen if you let Hera go you could marry venus and that is what worked but what really worked was that key that i put in there have this bottle of wine because when dionysus actually brought him back to olympus bull was fucked up he was drunk so dionysus got him drunk and had him agree to go let his mom lose that's what really happened Uh uh-huh so but because of that dionysus wasn't interested in marrying aphrodite so hephaestus got to marry him marry her And she was super mad about it because he's ugly and she's the goddess of love. So she's like, what the fuck? But she's stuck with him now because she had to stay true to her word. And I'm sure Zeus wouldn't have let her off the hook that easy, right? Right. So that is how she ended up being married to someone she didn't love. But that did not stop her from being with the love of her life, Aries. So she was still seeing him on the side and probably seeing a couple other people on the side because the girl was busy. Uh Uh-huh. So Hephaestus started to get suspicious that she was having an affair. So he made this chain, this net out of this really, really fine chain that no one could see. It was invisible to the naked eye. And he laid it down in the bed. And so he told Aphrodite that he was going out of town. Hey, babe, I'm going away on business. I'll see you on Monday. Love you. He left. She was like, cool. See you later. Called her homie Aries. He came over for a good romp in the bed jokes on her Hephaestus was home he did not go away on business and Uh when they went to have their little roll in the hay he trapped them in this invisible net that he made and they couldn't get loose because again he's like the universe's most badass blacksmith right wow So he didn't just stop there to be like bitch I know what you're doing blah 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 he called over the other gods too 
And they all like got to look at them and laugh. And it just became this whole thing where he just completely humiliated both of them. And they ended up actually getting like a divorce. I didn't know that Olympians got divorces, but here we go. She should be the goddess of divorce too. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, So that is the story though, like simply put, but I wanted to give you guys something a little different because when we think about Aphrodite, we think of the goddess of love and everyone loved her and everyone did love her, but did they love her or did they just want to fuck her because she was hot? you know i think hephaestus kind of loved her but it was still one of those things from ego like it was this bravado of oh here's this hot lady i can marry i'll just do that i think mars is the only one or aries is the only one that really loved her Uh. i think he totally loved her um and i think adonis loved her too who was her mortal lover um but she wasn't with him and the reason why i wanted to bring that up and kind of bring this point around is because even love gods and love goddesses they don't always end up with who they love and they have a problem with their love lives too and i say that because i feel like a lot of us do it's kind of part of the human experience for either chasing love or money or both that tends to be like you have luck in one and not always the other and it's and sometimes you have both and you're still not happy right and it's true it's so true and so it's one of those things that i thought you know if aphrodite of all people could have problems with her love life, then it should be okay for us to have problems with ours. Sure. You yeah. know, um, and that might seem kind of a little counterintuitive because it's supposed to be our Valentine's Day episode. So like, trust me to be the downer. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. But she still, she still got Mars and she still got to be with him. She still got her time with Adonis and all these other lovers. So she really did enjoy that part of it. And she very much so is that motherhood aspect because she has like 8 million fucking kids. So if you wanted to work with her for beauty or for your marriage or to increase your love life, your own desirability or fertility, she really is your girl. And easy things that you can do is her two sacred colors are pink and green. So think like heart chakra. So you can grab either of those candles. I usually alternate it. So if it's a green candle, I'll put pink glitter or vice versa. Okay, that's good. She likes jade. She likes rose quartz. She likes copper. Copper is her jam. Oh, okay. And Vinny actually taught me to put nine pieces of copper on her altar. Uh Uh-huh. I think he told me to put it in a circle. I don't remember, but let me tell you, copper is a little expensive. So I didn't go and just buy nine pieces right off the bat. I built it up slowly over time and would buy her a new piece. Uh huh. And of course we think of roses when we think of her, but her favorite flower is actually myrtle. That's okay. her like main squeeze. Um, she likes dolphins. She likes swans. I have a hummingbird. This is me. You guys know I like oddities. So I actually have a dead hummingbird on her altar. Oh, hell. That I dried out. Like it died and I walked out and found it and it was wonderfully intact. So I ended up drying it out and it's perfectly preserved. And that hangs out on her statue. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are easy things about her that we can kind of keep in mind of things that we can do. I will tell you guys her Adonis story too, just cause, which again, like I need to find some stories to share with you about her that aren't kind of tragic because I feel like they all have crappy endings. But I think a lot of Greek mythology does. Yeah, it does. A lot of it. I, I think, well, Cupid has a good one, but we'll get into that later. Um, so Adonis, so we know that Venus is the prettiest thing in the universe, right? Right. Okay. Right. So do not try and say that something else is prettier than her because she gets fucking mad. You're right. So there's this princess that everyone said was prettier than her. And she was like, oh, fuck no, fuck this little bitch. So she went and enchanted and basically cursed this princess 
into falling in love with her own father. Oh. So this girl would go and, and I think her name was Maria or something like that. I can't quite remember her name right off the top of my head. Um, it will make sense later though. So every night this girl would go sneak into her dad's bed in the cover of darkness. So he couldn't see her and she would sleep with her father. Oh, and she she would do this night after night and this was like her curse from venus because venus was like fuck you for being prettier than me you asshole um that's probably exactly how she said it too you know very eloquent um until one night like the king kind of got privy that something was up and he wanted to know who is this secret lover that's crawling into my bed every night and rocking my fucking world and so he turned the lights on in the middle of it and realized it was his daughter And he, he was disgusted. He was enraged. He was like, what in the fuck? Like he freaked out and Venus ended up feeling bad about what she did. And she felt bad for the princess. And she was like, you know, cast out of the kingdom. She was strong. It was, it was a whole fucking mess. And it was even more messy because she was pregnant. She was pregnant by her dad. Oh my God. <sighs> so Venus felt bad and was like, oops, kind of fucked up your life. Well, I'll make it better. I'll turn you into a tree. I don't really know how that was better. But that's how we got the Murtry. Oh, crazy. And that's like, her name was like Maria or Mariah something. It started, it had Mur in it. And that is how we got the Murtry is Venus turned her into the Murtry. Um, but let's remember that before she was a tree, she was a pregnant lady. Yeah. So the baby was still born. And we have Adonis. And so Venus then took this baby and was like, uh, I don't know what to do with him. And brought him to the underworld to Persephone. And was like, hey, can you like raise him for me? Okay, thanks. And Persephone did. And she raised Adonis and she totally loved him. But not like in a romantic way, but like in a motherly way, right? And I think that the deal was always that Venus was going to come pick her up, pick Adonis up later on in life, maybe. But in that time, though, Persephone totally bonded with him and that became her little boy. And so then here comes Venus like, oh my God, he's super hot. I want him back. And Persephone was like, no, like, this is my son. Go fuck yourself. So they got in this big fight over him. So they have their own beef. So they had to go to Zeus, who struck a deal very similar to Persephone's own deal. Because we know that Persephone spends part of the year in the underworld and part of the year with her mom above. So he kind of did the same thing here. And he was like, all right, Adonis, you're going to spend four months with Persephone, four months with Venus, four months, you can do whatever you want. And he really did love Venus. And we saw that because those four months that he had to do whatever he wanted with, he spent with her too. And Adonis was supposed to be like the most beautiful mortal like ever. And he was very, very macho. He was like this hot fucking like Jason Momoa manly man. He liked to go hunting and all this other stuff. And Venus was cool with it. She's like, I'm down with your hunting trips and stuff. Just like, don't hunt, like don't hunt like predators, basically. Like she told him to leave wolves alone. And she told him to leave the boar alone. But, you know, he's manly and he knows everything because he's like the strong, hot, manly man. So he's like, yeah, yeah, babe, promise I won't hunt boar. No biggie. So she was riding away on her little chariot like that I think was driven by doves. And as that happened, he got really cocky and tried to go after a boar anyway. And the boar fucked him up and killed him. And Venus saw it as she was flying away. Oh, no. Damn. there is speculation here is was this just a boar because we do know that hunting boar is super dangerous it is and so it was it just a boar and this was just one of those things because again adonis was immortal or there is also speculation that it was Ares that turned himself into a boar and killed adonis out of jealousy because venus fell in love with him 
No. And I've even read somewhere that they thought it was Vulcan or Hephaestus that did that. Oh, interesting. So we have this thing, like, was it one of Venus's lovers that did it or was it a boar? Either way, when, you know, someone tells you not to hunt boar, you just shouldn't hunt boar because those are True. some scary motherfuckers. Yes, they are very scary. Yeah. So those are my stories about Venus. I will come up with some nicer ones. Okay. But I wanted to talk about it because I actually wanted to talk about her trials and tribulations of her own love life. Just so that you know, like even for gods and goddesses, it's not perfect. It's challenging. But I think that also means that you can kind of come to her when you are heartbroken, when you're feeling stuck about not getting what you want because she can sympathize and she gets it. So it really is a powerful aspect of magic to work with her of healing and love uncrossing so to speak because she can sympathize she does understand and it's been there only thing she doesn't understand is if you think you're hotter than she is that is where she uh-huh. doesn't mind everyone's got boundaries well, that's true <laughs> everyone does have boundaries that's absolutely true wow so we have like a mother-son duo going on here today because i covered aphrodite and you are covering cupid cupid the little winged chubby angel that we see on valentine's day stupid cupid you're a real mean guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's uh the son of venus and mars and he would go around shooting his arrows to make people fall in love but he also had another set of arrows i'm not sure that you know about that but he had another set of arrows that had like a silver or a metal tip that would would also make people fall out of love, which I thought was really interesting. So he, he works both ways, but we know, know that. Yeah. And we know him best for, you know, shooting his beautiful arrow to make people fall in love. So there happened to be this beautiful woman called Psyche, Psyche, sometimes saying Psyche, Psyche. And he was like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. But his mom, Venus, did not like that because she had to be the most she had to be the head honcho. She had to be the shit. And she didn't like that everybody was coming to see Psyche instead of her. So she kind of forbid him to like be with her. And he, she wanted him to um, go shoot his arrow to, to make someone else fall in love with Psyche. But what happened was he scratched himself with the, his own arrow and he fell madly in love with Psyche. And boy, Venus did not like this at all. She was pissed pissed and she she like they ended up getting married so you know venus was not happy about this at all and there was a condition okay you we're gonna be together but you can't you can't see my face because he was immortal she was mortal so one night they're together and uh she's so curious she she like kind of gets a glimpse of his face and he gets so pissed off um that he like he like goes away and and sends her away and she is devastated because she wanted to be with him and she was so sorry that she did it so who does she go to she goes to venus and so what venus was like okay maybe i'll give you a break so she gives her a set of uh, impossible tasks to perform which she does she gets them all done except um, the last one, which was the hardest one to go retrieve a box from the underworld and, but not to look in the box, you know what? It's just like, it's just like the horror movies that you see, you know, something is coming. Like, you know, something's in your house 
and you still go look. I mean, I see those movies and I'm like, why are you going to look at that? Because <laughs> you know there's trouble ahead. So she, as soon as she opened the box, uh, she fell into a deep, deep sleep. And um, by this time, Cupid was also missing Psyche. So he decided to find, to, to uh, bring her to the leader of the gods, Jupiter or Zeus or whatever you want to talk about, call him. And, you know, that he saw that they were so much in love. Um, so he gave uh, Cupid and Psyche, he gave Psyche her immortality so they could be with, with Cupid, so they could be together. So I guess in the long story, to make it a longer short, but um, that's how it ended up. And I guess Venus in the end accepted her, even though she was a beautiful woman. And so that is the story of um, Cupid. If you, I mean, originally they said Cupid was like a leaner looking God, a leaner looking boy. And then later on, as the uh, years passed, the Romans like kind of uh, pictured him as the chubby cherub that we see nowadays. And that represents Valentine's Day. But you got to be careful because which arrow is he going to shoot your way? This is true. So you might want to be nice to him. You well, might want to. There also, yes. I think with Psyche, there was, I think, four trials. I, for some reason, I thought it was seven. It's four. And with what, each what? one, she got help. So because Venus. Oh, yes, yeah, like, she did. Yes. yes. She got help for each one. I can't remember. Like, all but one, she had to, like, sort this giant fucking pile of different grains. Oh. But basically, Venus was like gave her tasks that were like impossible because she was like, right. "I'm not, I'm not helping you. I'm not giving my blessing to this." Right. So she got help with each one, and yeah, she had to get this box from the underworld. And I think it was supposed to have like this beauty cream in it from from uh, Persephone. Uh huh. Persephone helped her out and gave it to her, but yeah, she looked at it. Kind of similar yes. to the concept of Pandora's box a little bit. Don't open the box. Right, right. Don't open the box. Yeah, like don't go downstairs in that basement because you're going to get killed, you know, in the horror movies. You know what I'm saying? Can't you guys it's... see Monica drunk yelling at the screen about that? <laughs> right? I can. I can totally see it. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to get her drunk and do that. It's just hard getting Monica drunk because like, She'll take one sip and be like, I'm okay. (laughs) You know, uh, I have, I still, when I first started dating my first husband, um, there was this incredible store in in Greenwich Village in New York. And it had the most, I mean, you would have to spend more than two days in that store because every single inch of this store was covered in jewelry, but it was antique jewelry from all over the world. I mean, every single inch was covered. I mean, you could not take in all this this jewelry in one day. It was impossible. But what I found, which I, I have, I don't think you have seen it. I do have a little cherub Cupid that I fell in love with. And I still have it in my jewelry box somewhere um, that I have to show you. But I love that little Cupid. I used to wear him all the time. He was just so magical to me. I got to dig him out. I think I'm going to dig him out for Valentine's Day this year. You should. I, I should actually I have a little Cupid necklace as well. You do? And I, I, I've had it since I was like 16. One of my friends got it for me, I think for my birthday. And it's like in this little shadow boxy pendant kind of thing. And it has a little metal Cupid and rose petals. And then it has resin poured on top. Aww. And I love it. And it wasn't until the other day I actually wore it that I was like, I guess I've always been a daughter of Venus and I just never knew. 
Right, right. You know? That's true. Yeah, you get little hints along the way, but you just don't figure it out till later sometimes, you know? Do you have yeah. any little hints like that? Like of like Hecate speaking to you or anything? Yeah, I do. But I mean, the most of my hints came from my animal spirit guide. I mean, I got hints left and right from all the signs. I mean, going into Macy's when I was a teenager with my friend and they had this first fur coat vault there and we would go in and she would put on Fox and I always went to put on the lynx coat and I looked like retarded in it because I have a small head and this big ass fur, but I just <laughs> felt so good with it wrapped around my body and I couldn't figure it out. And then of course, later on, I figured out. So I did have hints along the way as far as that goes. Um, yeah, with Hecate, I do. Yeah, I do, for sure. Um, and the more I learn about Hecate and how she is um, the goddess of, of, of boys, too, which I think is, is interesting. You know that, right? With boys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, but you know what? That makes sense. Because Monica always says, oh, thank God I only had girls. I only wanted daughters. She honestly wanted a boy and she just doesn't know it because she loves like mommy and guys like if there is a guy that looks at her in a maternal way she's like oh my god come here i love you let me mom you you really do that and i do kind of do that with everyone you, you're very maternal just in general and so i think everyone's very drawn to you because you're just very nurturing like that and you see and i don't i mean i know i like i like the mother energy but i don't realize how I'm that maternal to people. Am I really? You are. And a lot of people like just are taken to you in that way. Yeah. But you, you pay extra attention to boys, to guys. I do. You do. And not in like a horny old lady way. <laughs> <laughs> well, gee, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you could, but you don't like, it's very, it's very motherly. And like you, you do have more favor for boys than girls. That's and interesting. it must be that Hecate thing. That kind yeah. of makes sense it, now because I didn't know that. It could be, yeah. Could be that thing for sure. Yeah. Can I just call Monica a horny old lady. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I love you too. <laughs> but no, I said you weren't a horny old lady. I know. Thanks, I'm going to be Shawna. a horny old lady. <laughs> Either way, it's not a compliment. <laughs> hey, man. I think the horny old ladies probably have more fun. I mean, as long hey. as it's all consensual, I'm sure I'll be Cheers. very drunk and make lots of inappropriate um, comments about pictures of Jason Momoa back in his back in his heyday. Well, cheers to here's cheers to older women. That's all I got to say. You know, oh, yeah. a lot of young guys like older women because it's it's easy. You know what I'm saying? There's no games. You don't have to play the fucking games to get laid. They cook for you they don't want, they don't want a commitment and, uh, it's good sex. So, I mean, a lot of guys like, and they like the, the knowledge and the wisdom and the, you know, of, of older women. I know a lot of men who, who like MILFs, to be honest with you. I mean, you're wrong. You're not wrong. You're I know. Not wrong. And I hear that a lot. And yeah, they get to learn how to like use their wiener the right way and stuff. Right. And we can be good teachers lately. All of our episodes have like had to come with some kind of warning. Like, don't listen to this. Like with your (laughs) kids around, I think this is like episode two or three that like need, we need to put that like trigger warning or like a a content warning on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but speaking of milks, one of my, um, one of my friends and clients actually sent me a card with like this ribbon on it that said I'm a certified milk now. Oh yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. That's right. I don't feel like one today, guys. Like I am kind of sick. I don't feel that great. I'm in my PJs in bed. Luckily the baby is being forgiving and he's taking a nap right now. So that's rad. 
amazing. I turned the camera on on Zoom so I could see Monica and I was fucking horrified. I was like, oh my God, who's that troll on my computer? And I was like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's me. Holy shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it does something to you having a baby. It makes you more mature, you know, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I guess so. Cause it's that. And I'm all about like sappy, like, uh, like, tv shows that were like hallmark shit but it's not hallmark it's like i've watched these things lately that i'm like this looks like a bad danielle Steele novel <laughs> and i am here for it maybe it's because i'm just getting those like valentine's day vibes already you know what i mean you know what other kind of vibes you should be getting hmm. your birthday vibes yes because because I'm... it's gonna be your birthday the day after our valentine's sure day. Is. i am a lupercalia baby you are and mm-hmm. um you know, so out, out there, don't forget to send wishes to Shauna because she's like still in in mom mode there with the baby and still ch- trying to explore uh, her motherhood and trying to get a little freedom by going back to work and stuff. So don't forget about her next week. Send your well wishes for her birthday. Thank you. I can't believe it's already next week. I don't feel like, you know how there's like the Halloween spirit and Christmas spirit. I don't feel the yes. birthday spirit this year. I know. I know exactly what you mean. I haven't felt that in many, many, many years, to be honest with you. It's just like another day to yeah, me. It's, it's not a bad thing. I'm not grumpy how some people get grumpy that it's their birthday. Like, I'm just kind of ambivalent to it. Everyone's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. Nothing. Well, I got you some neat presents. So I can't wait to. I mean, I'm surprised I haven't given them to you already because I like I get anxious and I want to give them right away. But I, I'm holding off to your actual birth. Actual He's been birthday. trying to give me my birthday present since January. And you see, <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it because, you know, I got something I get excited about it. So I can't wait. I'm excited to see what it is. You give good presents. I'm actually going to be working um, that day. So I'll actually be at Greenman on my birthday. Oh, I might have to come in and see you then. Yeah. If any of After- you guys are in Los Angeles on the 15th of February, come to Valentine, uh, come to Valentine's Day, come to Greenman and come say hi to me because it will be my birthday. And I yes. would love to see a bunch of smiling faces, even though everyone will have a mask on and I can't see your smiling face. Hopefully on my birthday, I'll have x-ray vision. I'll just see through it. And you can always see the smile in people's eyes. It's very you true. Can. It's you very can. True. I feel like all of the babies that are born right now that don't get to see as many smiling faces like you or I did when we were babies, they're going to be very empathic. No, they have to be because they have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to have to like really um, be able to read body language really well and just yes. like sense energy very well to understand things because I think they already kind of do that. Yes. Yes, they are. They're very intuitive. You know that babies are extremely, babies and animals, man. They see things that we can't see because their their world is not jaded by society at that age. They're open and they get they get to see all these neat things like spirits and fairies and yeah. Oh yeah, you saw Felix looking at something the other night. Yes, but he looked at me with a big cheesy smile and I was loving that, <laughs> let oh, me tell you. He's got this like little side smirk that he does oh my too. God. Like he's going to be a lady killer with that one. But you, I mean, you were holding him with his back toward you. You didn't get this. I wanted to film it. He gave me the most biggest cheesiest smiles. I'm like, excellent. He That's won't let my you goal. film it. Like the second he sees a phone come out, he stops. That's it. It was done. Yeah. I know. Like, I'm tried. done. No evidence. Leave no evidence. Yeah, but I, I was that was my goal. So I want him to be able to recognize me and love me like that. So yeah, I wanted to see him smile a lot. So yeah, I was happy about that. <laughs> that was great. 
I score. love his smiles and I love his snores because he snores really loud too. Yeah. Little man, man. He's my little munch. Yes, he is. Yes, he yes. is. Well, guys, that was our Valentine's Day episode. We wanted to give all you about guys some love. insight. Huh? All about love. All about love. And don't forget self-love. Don't forget to love yourself. Absolutely. You have to love yourself. You have to love yourself. Awesome. You know? Yeah. You guys are awesome out there. And if you don't have a Valentine, Valentine, so to speak, you know, uh, I don't have a particular Valentine. So my dogs will be my Valentines because they give me unconditional love. No, and I have my friends and my family. So, and you have to love yourself. So don't forget to love yourself. Very important. Be your own Valentine. Be your own Valentine. It's mm-hmm. all about love. Get your, get your heart on. I love it. Yes. I love it. It's very true. So be your own Valentine. Love yourself. You're awesome. One thing that I do just to kind of like talk on that real quick before we let you guys go. Um, sometimes it's really hard. We don't feel that awesome. We don't feel that cool, you know? So very similar, yeah. like we've talked about gratitude practices and yes. needing to like express gratitude. Well, we, I've, I've done that with clients before. And even with myself, when I haven't felt that great, where it's like the, you're awesome practice. Yes. finding five things about yourself that's really cool or something that you did during that day that was really cool that makes you awesome and there you it's go. the same principle it's the cause and effect that keeps it going keeps you being great and it also again it changes your behavior and your mind because if you know that you have to report back five things that made you really cool today you're going to do things that are really cool right it's like shape-shifting yeah it is. It's a way of shape shifting, and you know, it spreads love to yourself. And usually, it happens through good deeds. Yes. So that means that you're spreading love everywhere else around the world too. And so That's I think right. if we all kind of did that, you know, the world would be a better place. So maybe we all need to kind of do that. So I'm down. Are you game, Monica? I'm game. All right, I'm let's game. do it for a week, starting today. All right, you got it. All right, Five we days. will report back next, next week. week. Okay, keep a keep a log. I'm gonna keep a log, and then we'll share it with you guys. We'll pop in. I might, we already have next week's episode recorded, so it might have to be like a little bonus thing. But we'll yeah. come on. And if you guys want to write in and tell us what yours is too, that would be awesome. If you want to, that share would that. be. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's we're gonna share the love. That's what we're doing for Valentine's Day. Is we're spreading mm-hmm. the love around. Right. And spread the love to somebody who's lonely or someone who's alone. That would be a nice little gesture too. Mm-hmm. you know, stop by, bring them a little flower you picked on the way, a little piece of chocolate or just a hug. Why not? Mm-hmm. Or just a, Hey, how you doing? Text, send a funny meme, little things like that. It goes a long way. And it's also it that does. You can write down for your challenge. It'll be good for everyone involved. It sure will. If you guys have um, any experiences with Venus or Cupid or even Hephaestus or Mars that you want to share with us write in and tell us about it wine squirts and witches at gmail.com similarly if there's different um stories of mythology that you want us to tell you guys about and share on the show if it's um a different deity or maybe a different story about aphrodite or cupid or something like that and you want to hear monica and i's rendition of it hopefully when we're a little bit more liquored up maybe perhaps (laughs) yes Um, write it in give a give us some requests we are totally here for it i love researching mythology it's so much fun from it is any fun. pantheon it doesn't have to be greek and roman so right exactly send exactly. it in 
write it in wine spirits and witches at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on instagram and check out our facebook group because we are going to have fun stuff popping up in there from time to time and the facebook group is really awesome everyone like really like is informative and helps each other out it's a really yes community. yes i love that community we have on there mm-hmm. it's a wonderful yeah it's really cool you guys are awesome monica who is your shout out Baby, who is my shout out? Can I go last? I got to think on. I know who my shout out is. I'm shouting out to Vinny because Vinny was not feeling good. And I want him to do a full turnaround recovery because we're going to go see him soon. So he has to be recovered. Yes, 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 yes. Vinny, we love you. We hope you feel better. We'll see you soon. Um, I was actually talking to Ricky about that last night. We're going to be packing up the computer and our portable mic so that we can record in person with him. We're going to be recording our journey. Yeah. Let me go. So it's, it's going, going to be, be fun. Fun shit. So you guys hold on to your broomsticks because it's about yes. to get wild. Yes, My indeed. shout out is to Ricky. Okay. I don't know how to technology very well and neither do you. So we spent about 20 minutes trying to make this microphone that I'm speaking on work. And it worked from Ricky because he from gave you Ricky, the instructions. We had to call him at work. And uh, right. he, he walked us through it. And so thank you, honey, for making life recordable. Thank you, Ricky. <laughs> and, and on that note, Merry Meet, Merry Part, and, and Merry, Merry Meet Again. Meet again.